you've entered into the paracosmos where anything is possible and everything is probable. I'm Lacey. The unreasonable amount of money some heroes spend for not having jobs. And I'm Leah, the Red Skull, every time he gets punched in the face by Captain America. I like that. It's always a good time when it happens, too. (laughs) (laughs) He's always surprised. Like, he didn't expect that. He should really just (laughs) expect it from every person ever, honestly. I'm also just really annoyed that they keep, like, using the Red Skull for stuff. He's just always there. He's always He's just hanging like the out. Villain, right? So okay. today, yeah, we're going to be talking about our favorite characters in comics. Uh, I think we kind of stuck to the superhero slash villain theme for this one, going back and forth between Marvel and DC. So, you know, we're not going to talk about things like alien or predator or tales from the crypt you know we're not going to talk about those type of comics today it's gonna it's gonna mainly focus on the heroes and villains side of the comic world and then we've got some honorable mentions you know and (laughs) characters we find very annoying and then we're gonna tell you guys about our favorite storylines and maybe a little bit about why you know we love comics and the comic world and you know the inspiration behind all of this. How we became these people. <laughs> yeah, how we became who we are. The ranters that you <laughs> listen to for some reason. Thank you for listening if you do. Right? Like the the people that wake up at 7 in the morning to record a podcast and then don't do it. <laughs> and then back and are very tired and are like, oh god. <laughs> this is why we don't do it at night. You know. <laughs> so... Uh. I think uh, I think I want to hear one of yours first. What's your okay? Let's do this. What's your what are your top three? So okay, I will do. I'll say my top three, and then we can circle back around to why top three. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sounds good. Okay, okay. So my top three favorite comic heroes. I mostly stuck with heroes for this. I didn't really do villains. Um, I don't know why I just didn't. Uh, Hawkeye, obviously. Daredevil, and uh, I'm specifying Peter Parker. But you cheated with the Hawkeye one. I did. I did cheat with Hawkeye because there are technically two Hawkeyes, and I did not choose which version. You love them both. Because I love them both. They both get equal attention. Yes, you can't take one without the other anymore, and I'm really excited uh, that we're getting two Hawkeyes now. So what are your top three? My top three, uh, anyone who knows me is going to know the first two right off the bat. Uh, Rogue from X-Men and Gambit from X-Men. And then Tara from the Teen Titans. We got one DC so far. One DC in there. That's, you know, here we are. Uh, I didn't even try. (laughs) (laughs) I I had to put Tara, uh, and I'll explain why. Maybe we'll do our honorable mentions before we get into it. Yeah, yeah. Um, so what, what were, were your honorable men? Oh, you want to? Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm like, <laughs> oh, so polite. Oh, yes, yes. Here, here you go. <laughs> so we're both if you can see, right, how I'm sitting right now, too, is like my, I'm sitting on the floor. So my arms are on my bed and they're like, my hands are clasped. And I'm like, yes, you first. Oh, yes, please. I'm like, I'm like just bowing like, oh, yes, you first, please, please. Pinky's out. No, you. <laughs> oh, no, oh, oh, don't. All right. Don't mind if I'll go first. Then honorable mention. <laughs> um, my honorable mentions were Venom, Starfire, Raven, 
Nightcrawler, and Sinister. In no particular order. I love all of those characters. Uh, they just weren't in the top three when I was choosing, but they are characters I truly love and uh, hold close to my heart. Honorable mentions didn't get any particular order. Like These were just characters off the top of my head. Um, and there's almost a theme with some of these characters, and I really I did try to keep the theme going, and then I was like, that's cheating. Uh, so they go as followed. Nightwing. Nightcrawler. Morbius, Captain America, and Black Widow. So I was trying to do apparently all of the the dark characters and anything with night in it, and then I stopped. <laughs> That's okay. We discovered that we both have themes for our top three. Yeah. So we'll uh we'll get into that. Um. Yeah. I guess we can kind of go into that you know why our favorite characters are our favorite characters uh do we just want to take it kind of one at it well two so like <laughs> i'm gonna kind of talk a little bit about like, like a, gambit i kind of have to talk I, about a bit i almost get, told yeah, you like a yeah duo. i almost told you like Sometimes, just do rogan gambit as one and then pick another one because like they kind of come together but i mean they're still separate so yeah they are like they're their own people entirely but like they also have such an intertwining story so i was like i'll just count them separate but like I'm definitely going to talk about them at the same time. Uh, so I, I can start there if we want. Yeah. All right. So Rogue is one of my favorites because of her story. You know, growing up, like, she was pretty much cast away from her family. And then she got into the wrong crowd because of it. And she, I think she really got into the wrong crowd because she just wanted acceptance and love and she was being given that even with her powers. And that's kind of how we get the whole story of how she got all of her powers, you know, flying and super strength that basically everything besides her, I'm going to suck the life out of you powers, uh, <laughs> <laughs> you know, cause mystique was kind of the whole reason she did what she did. So she's definitely like, my favorite in that sense and then gambit is my favorite in the sense that like he started out as kind of this bad guy but he didn't really like choose it if you actually know his backstory he was stolen away as a baby because of his red eyes and offered up as like uh not a sacrifice because they didn't try to kill him he was offered up as an offering and then he was taught by a thieves guild and he basically went off to, like, steal from uh, Chandra the Immortal. I hope I'm saying that right. I never know how to say her name. I'm always like, Chandra? Chandra? <laughs> how, do you, how, do you, how do you say this? Get a better name. <laughs> Get a different name, right. please. Um, <laughs> and he, I learned, actually, that he almost was in Hydra, which was crazy. Like, he was almost sold to Hydra to be a boy soldier, which is, like, nuts. Yeah, as a really? teenager. Yeah. And I had never known that until I, like, did a little a little digging, you know, just to, just to see. Right. So that, that was crazy because I think about, like, what would have happened if he had joined Hydra, which would have been nuts. Um, we probably would have seen him a little... We, we might yeah. have seen him a little more in the MCU because he might have been a little more opposing of the Avengers had he been in that. But they, yeah, that would have been cool. You know, chose not to. He got saved, right? Um, or no, he didn't get saved. He actually saved himself and got out of there. Uh, and then 
he ends up, you know, in this marriage and not because he wants to, but because he's trying to fix things. And then he kills his wife's brother in a duel because the brother decided, yeah, you know, on your wedding day, let me challenge you to a duel because that's the smart thing to do. And so I was like, this is, I was like, why? <laughs> why on that day? Why, not a why is it always on a wedding day? That shit's got to be dramatic. Real. Right, like, like just the sit down. next day is fine. <laughs> you can wait. Go to bed. Maybe you'll change your mind. I mean, I'm glad he didn't because the reason why he got banned was, you know, because he killed her brother. So he got essentially exiled for a while, and that was how he he basically hated his powers. You know, hated being a mutant. Uh, he felt like he couldn't control his powers for a while sought help from villains like Sinister, ended up with the Shadow King. That's where he meets Rogue, and they're getting manipulated the whole time to like each other, which, you know, sucks <laughs> as a starting point, you know, for your relationship <laughs> when it's, uh, <laughs> when you're kind of being manipulated into liking each other. But then, you know, so they always go back and forth, and anyone who knows Rogue and Gambit, you know they go back and forth a ton. Uh, and obviously we have spoilers in this, but honestly, it was in 2018. You've had three years. I no longer consider this a spoiler. They are married, <laughs> and I love that. And, like, one of my, like, favorite things is how they how they were on and off, because sometimes I think that relationships are more messy than movies and shows lead you to believe you know growing up i that we they play them out yeah. as these perfect things that just line up and work out and oh blah, blah blah but like i think what i love about rogan gambit and their relationship and their dynamic is that that's not how it is like yeah they end up getting married but even into their marriage they still have like issues they have to work really hard to talk out and they they have to grow up and put the work in and I like seeing that. I like seeing the realism of that because it just it's easier to connect with when it's more real and not as fantasy, you know? And I think that a lot of times the fantasy part needs to stay with the powers and not real life stuff. We don't need to fantasize real life stuff. We need to make it more real and believable. Yeah, I like that too. Yeah. So that's why, like... They get together, they break up, they get together. But people do that. Like, it happens. Like, you don't know what's going on in people's lives. You don't know what's going on between them. It doesn't make either person a bad person. It doesn't... It's just... They're complex people. And I loved getting to see all of that back and forth. I loved seeing Rogue deal with the whole... But I can't touch you, and so that means I can't love you, and I'm cursed to be alone. And then Gambit, you know, trying his hardest to be like, that's not how it has to be. Like, I love you no matter what. And, you know, them having to really deal with all of that is why I love them so much. And having to overcome those hurdles together is really what I love. I will say they have both had their annoying moments. I have no problem admitting that. <laughs> when they used to write Gambit, like, back in the day, he was... He was a little gross sometimes. Like he was like he was like a back. I was say, wasn't he supposed to be like a ladies man? Yeah, he was supposed to be like a ladies man. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. yeah, it was he was so poor. Like literally at one point in a comic, I think he's talking oh, I forget who he's talking to. He was talking to one of the female characters and he's like, Yeah, you need a spanking. And I was like, Oh fuck no. Oh. They did not just he did not just say that. <laughs> like back 
in like way way back this was an old comic so i was like thank god they stopped writing him like that because that just doesn't i don't like it it doesn't work it's <laughs> him being really fucking sad on the inside in my opinion yeah i don't like that um well how did you feel with rogue uh her whole thing that she had with magneto for a while oh god i i just <laughs> i don't even know how to i don't even know like they have I hate it. <laughs> they, I hate it. They they have it's weird because one the age difference is a bit like I'm okay with age difference to an extent but that's a bit much. Um well, yeah cuz he's like a whole like what 60 years older or something he's, than her. He's he's just way older. That's all. I, yeah. It's yeah, just way older. Didn't like it. Like I it didn't make sense. And then they have kids and the kids get Oh, I think it's no, I think it's actually one kid. They have a kid and the kid gets the bad side of both of his parents' powers, which it's like, wow, well that kid's like <laughs> ass. <laughs> like, you know? like this is just more of a reason y'all shouldn't have been together. Whereas Rogue and Gambit's Ew. kids way, 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 way in the future, like have cool powers. <laughs> So it's it, okay. So they do end up having kids because, like, I didn't follow do. their storyline for a very long time. So it's not; it hasn't technically happened yet in the timeline. That's like a future thing. But they do okay, in the okay. future have two kids. Yeah. Um, yeah. Rogue actually dies saving some mutant kids, and so uh, this whole crazy, basically, like Gambit ends up dropping off the kids with Mystique because they're like she's like grandma essentially, which is weird to think about since she has tried to sleep with Gambit to get Rogue away from Gambit because she doesn't <laughs> like Gambit. Ugh, she's wild. Um, uh, yeah, Mystique is a whole other thing. Yeah, Mystique's a whole other boat I'm not willing to sail yeah. right now. <laughs> but he drops off the kids with her and then they grow up. Uh, their daughter follows after Gambit um to join the thieves guild because Gam- that's what gambit does when rogue dies like he's so heartbroken and he's so distraught like he doesn't go back to the x-men he doesn't go back to being a hero he just goes back to the thieves guild to rule it because he's currently the king of the thieves guild so leader king whatever you want to call it but yeah so it's uh she always dies like she's literally always dying though yeah i mean yeah she she, she dies a lot <laughs> It's like it's almost like sometimes they forget how to use her because of her, her mutation that she has. So they just kill her. Yeah. <laughs> They're like, okay, this is They're like, is well good. shit, we can't have the person who can just like literally take everybody's powers be on the team because then she's just gonna take the bad guy's powers and that's the end of the day. And I mean that's pretty much what they did in that um uncanny Avengers that I read. Like it was kind of centered around the Scarlet Witch and Rogue. And, like, Rogue was kind of an asshole the entire time because it was... That series is set right after House of M and all of the the stuff with Wanda and the mutants and everything. So Rogue just really does not like her and Scarlet Witch doesn't like Rogue because of the thing with Magneto. And Rogue kills the Scarlet Witch thinking she's going to betray everybody and then Rogue gets killed, like, immediately. Then they go back in time and she gets killed again and she just keeps getting killed. It was wild. I hated it. There was a story where Rogue and Gambit are... Oh my god, what's his name? Hold on. Mojo! I think Mojo's his name. The TV dude? Yeah, because Mojo-verse. 
yeah, yeah, I've, I've got it right. I'm going to trust in myself. <laughs> so Mojo yeah. has them yeah. and is like trying to like putting them through a bunch of different romantic scenes and they always end up together. Like they reference Star Wars. They reference, uh, I think, Princess Bride. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And Rogue always kills Gambit. Like, like, like her powers are fucking thing. out yeah. of control and she has killed Gambit several times. And the thing is... Just because it happens in Mojoverse doesn't mean it's not real. Like, she has legitimately killed Gambit several times. And this was during their marriage. <laughs> so it is... They're just a wild couple, but I love it. <laughs> I love them so much. I literally have a tattoo of them on my arm. Because that's how much I love them. Um, and I am proud of it. I think that they are two of the best <laughs> characters. They definitely have their flaws, but... I don't know. I just... I fell in love with them for sure. Yeah. yeah, Rogue was definitely one of those first, like, characters that I, like, comic book characters that I saw on television in that animated X-Men show from the 90s. And Such a good show. Yeah, like, there was stuff about her character that was obviously, like, overdone because men are gross, but... Yeah, like, that ass. <laughs> that ass and them Staha boots. My god, that ass. <laughs> but she was the first one, and, like, I never pinpointed what it was about her that... I liked so much, but I do like the development of her character and almost all of the things that they use her in. Like, even the shitty X-Men movies from the early 2000s. Those were good. Uh, so, do you have, like, a favorite rogue costume? She gets some, like, interesting oh, interesting suits. It's the classic. The classic, the, the yellow and it's the green. It's the classic one for me, yeah. Yep, the yellow and the green is my her, favorite. I love that bomber outfit. jacket. I think it's so... I, and I love what, yeah, and I love when her hair is super big and fluffy. Oh, I live for that hairstyle. I love that. Yeah, I loved that. I used to draw that all the time when I was a kid. Like, that was, that was the look. I'll give a shout out to the goth look, too. I'll give a shout yeah, out. Yeah, uh, did you ever watch that X-Men Evolution? Oh, I sure did. Oh, hell yeah, I did, too. Um, I kind of remember the way that it ended, too, was very, like, open- it made no sense, but whatever. Uh, I was okay with, like, how they, they try to make her a little, like, more in-depth. Like, they gothed her up a little bit to, you know, Oh, yeah. Give you something. I like how there was a little little Gambit Rogue flirting in that one, too. Yeah, and I kept waiting for them to, like, put them together, and I don't think that they ever did. No, they didn't. Um, Rogue actually helps Gambit with something with the Thieves Guild. Yeah. And then... The X-Men come to find her, and she pretty much just tells Gambit, like, you can do what you want, but I'm going back with the X-Men. <laughs> and that's where they part ways. And then you don't see Gambit again in the series, I think. I don't think you did. I think he was just very brief. I both love and hate that show, and, like, I want to go back and watch it again, but I also don't want to. I will probably watch it again. I want to watch the the one from the 90s. That's such a good one, too. Yeah. I love that. Like... No lie, my whole start in kind of comic books and that comic world came from that show and the oh, yeah. Amazing Spider-Man, you know? Like, those are what I watched every morning was those two things. And I was obsessed with the colors and, like, the the style that they did it in. I was obsessed with it. I so badly wanted to be an illustrator for comic books when I was a kid. Like, that's all I wanted to do. I sat around and I just drew comic books. They were all terrible, but I did it. I mean, that's sick. I wish I could say that. I can't say that. <laughs> so what are... 
So what are some of yours? We can start out with your, your little cheat system here. Okay, so my cheat system, my Hawkeyes. So Hawkeye was a character that I didn't expect to love, and I don't really remember when I started to love. We'll, we'll go with Clint Barton, Hawkeye, right now. Uh, I think that it was, this is going to sound gross, because uh, I think Jeremy Renner is kind of problematic, I guess. I don't really know. Um, I haven't followed any of his online drama, but it seems like he's a little problematic. But when I was like eight years old, I was in love with Jeremy Renner. Like, I don't remember what, I don't, yeah, I was like eight. So I was like, I'll let it go because I was like eight years old. But there was some movie he was in and I was in love with him. So every movie he does, I still watch it as like a Stockholm thing or nostalgic, I guess. I don't know. You know, he's got me for life now and I'm so upset. Oh my God. Uh, then they announced him to be Hawkeye and I was like oh that's kind of cool I don't really know what that character is so I I did some digging into it and then I saw him in Thor when they introduced him and I was like oh it's Hawkeye and ever since then I've like I've loved this character he doesn't get a lot of screen time in the MCU and in the comic books he's like a walking friggin disaster and I am obsessed with that like my favorite Hawkeye run is obviously Matt Fraction's Hawkeye you know, that first volume, My Life as a Weapon. And it just goes through, I think there's like seven, seven total collections of it, uh, of that run. And it took years for them to put this, this book out. But it goes through and it details what Hawkeye does, Clint Barton and Kate Bishop, like both Hawkeyes, when they're not working with the Avengers. And how he's just a normal guy with no superpowers. And he has to do all this stuff. And, like, the first panel, he's falling off of a building. And he breaks, like, his pelvic bone, his ribs, shatters his femurs, has a concussion. You know, like, he gets out of there and he's in a wheelchair and rolling down the street. So I was in love with it immediately. And literally, he's a disaster. Like, he comes from... The MCU has butchered this character. They have never done Hawkeye right. Uh, So I'm, I'm very, very hopeful that this Hawkeye disney plus series is going to give us the story that we want with him especially since they're introducing kate bishop in this so you know it just follows clint and kate as they deal with all these issues from their childhood you know clint and his brother barney were raised by an abusive alcoholic who beat the hell out of them all the time and their parents that's kind of where they get their start and like archery and uh, like superheroing a little bit. They're doing the circus. They're carnies for a while. They get involved accidentally in some crime when they discover that the owner of the circus in- is involved in some shady stuff. Barney is into it. Clint is not. And we all know that like he runs into Black Widow and he wants to be a hero because Iron Man. So it just snowballs. Like Clint's got abandonment issues. He's got self-esteem issues because he knows at the end of the day he's in a room full of superheroes and he's just a man, you know. And his only skill is he can't miss. And they touch on that a lot in Old Man Hawkeye, which is the prequel series to Old Man Logan. So he specifies that at the beginning, I think, and it's a flashback to before all the supervillains take over the world. And he's just training. He does this in some of the the cartoon things too with Spider-Man and everything. Where he's just training and shooting arrows. And Spider-Man's always like, why are you just... You're the best shooter and archer and shield. And with the Avengers, why do you keep doing this? And he goes, because I can't miss. 
Like, I have to just continuously train and I have to be the best because I'm just a man. And if I can't do this, then I can't do anything right and I can't be on this team. So he's just a big old ball of anxiety and he's constantly all over the place. He's a mess. He's covered in bandages all the time. He's He's got a permanent disability in the comics now. So in Matt Fraction's Hawkeye, they deafened him uh, in a fight. Oh, wow. I did not know yeah. that. So an exploding arrow is shoved into his ear or it goes off next to his ear. Oh, my God. And he ends up completely deaf. So yeah. halfway through Matt Fraction's Hawkeye run, Clint Barton becomes deaf. Kate Bishop is not around. She has left him because he can't confront his abandonment issues. You know, there's a string of ex-girlfriends like Mockingbird and Black Widow and Spider-Woman and stuff that come by. And they're like, Clint, you need to get your life together. Like, you're falling apart, man. And he, he has a breakdown and Tony Stark's involved in it. And it's all a thing. But he ends up deaf and his brother comes to town to kind of help out after he's released from the hospital and he learns sign language. So there's a whole issue of that series that's done just in picture panels with no dialogue. And in the side panels, it's doing the sign language signs for the words that the characters are saying, but there's no written words on the pages. So you just kind of have to figure out what the characters are expressing to each other through story, visual storytelling. And uh, yeah, That's it's dope. so cool. That's why it took him so long to get that done because Matt Fraction and uh, um, the the illustrator of the book were trying to do all this research to make sure they had everything as accurately done as possible for him. So he was deaf. Kate comes back and you know, Clint doesn't think he can be a hero anymore because he's deaf. He can't hear anymore. So how is he going to be on a team full of superheroes? So I loved that, that they took a, a regular everyday man made him extraordinary for no reason other than he could shoot a bow really well. You know, so Kate Bishop's also kind of the same way. They come from very similar backgrounds of she was not abused as a child, but she was heavily neglected. And uh, she finds out at a very young age that her dad is involved in some shady business with a mob because she gets kidnapped uh, due to her dad not following through on some things. And she is resourceful enough. She's taking self-defense classes and ballet and all kind of shit. So she kind of gets herself out of that scenario once she realizes her dad is the bad guy in this. And it's actually Clint Barton who saves her as a child. Um, so she grows up and she's just obsessed with him. He's her favorite Avenger. She wants to be just like him to the point that when he does disappear for years and he's off as Ronin and everybody thinks he's dead, she breaks into the Avengers mansion and steals his bow and one of its costumes. And, oh yeah, no, she, yeah, she's like, now. I'm Hawkeye now. And she literally just operates as Hawkeye until Clint comes back as Ronin and interrupts her in a park where she's on a date with Eli Bradley who we've already met in the MCU. So. Hell yeah. Yeah, you know, she's out there. And uh, it was getting to the part of her story, too, in that where she was about to tell Eli that she was a survivor of sexual assault, too. And that's what prompted her to want to become a superhero full-time, is that she didn't want anybody else to go through the trauma that she's been through. So both these characters are super, super traumatic, super, super sad, and I love them both a whole lot. And they're, they work... Like, so beautifully together. Like, they better give us Hawkeyes with 
abandonment issues, anxiety, and they better be walking balls of disaster in this show. They have to be. They have to be. And one of the biggest things that people have been so mad about with the MCU is that they took away Burns' disability. No, they took away the fact that he's deaf. That would be... That would be not... Because imagine, like, how cool that is to, like, see yourself portrayed... To have that representation and then to have it taken away. Yeah, I agree. That's total shit. And I didn't even know that. And I didn't know that because I don't follow Hawkeye as much. And the only thing I know about him is MCU, so... Yeah, it kind of... It comes and goes out of the comics to his deafness because they get hearing aids for him by the end of Fraction's run. He's got hearing aids in that he does take out sometimes. It's like a, a gag through most of the issues with him in it is when he's just done listening to people, he just takes his hearing aids out and walks away. Like, so they, they kind of bring, that. yeah, they bring some humor to it because he is just an asshole. He drinks coffee, like a literal pot of coffee. He's got a golden retriever dog that he stole from a mob gang that he named Pizza Dog. Like, oh, yeah. There's a whole issue in that series, too, from Pizza Dog's perspective to where you don't see any words on the page it's just the dog watching people and doing things so it's chaotic and i recommend it to literally anybody who's interested in starting comics because it was done so well but i'm so excited to see both characters now in the mcu and i really really hope that they find a way to make it right because comic book clem barton don't got a family he doesn't have a wife and kids because he's got abandonment issues he's got family issues barney his brother has a wife and kids and they eventually take in some mutant children that S.H.I.E.L.D. sends both Hawkeyes to kill. And they ch- decide not to. You know, they decide to save the kids and send them away into hiding. But, I mean, they still could have done that without the added Hawkeye has a family and they were secret or whatever the hell they try to do. That was stupid. Yeah, I would have... It made him more of a family man than a disaster. So now that they're going to have to, like... I wonder what they're going to do to kind of make up for that. Yeah, I don't even know how they could fix that. Like, there's several ways that they could go about introducing his deafness into the MCU, especially since I think that this may be the last time we see Jeremy Renner in Marvel. So, Kate Bishop will probably take over for him, as she does in the comics, you know? And it's such a sweet thing, too, when, like, Clint tells Kate, he's like, Katie, I don't, I can't do this anymore, I'm not a hero. Like, I let everybody down around me, and I've never done anything right and or anything good. And she hands him an arrow and says, you're still my hero. Oh. And, like, they have this dynamic that is very, very loving. Like, they love each other unconditionally, but it remains platonic 100% of the Thank way God. through all of this. Yeah, all of their stories, it stays platonic, and it's so pure, so disastrous. It doesn't always have to be romantic. No, and I'm more drawn to the stories, I think, that don't have a romance plot to them than anything else. Yeah, sometimes it's nice to just see two characters genuinely care about each other and not have to be on top of each other. Literally. Like, sometimes (laughs) that's just nice. It's just a warm, fuzzy feeling. Right? I love it. That was my little mini... That was still just a mini rant on Hawkeye, because, like, I'll probably go on for days when the series actually comes out in November. But you know I held it back for Rogan King. I know. So I'm like, well, we'll get to these guys again where we just deep yeah, dive yeah. into them. You where know? we focus on like them. Like their best stories, their best whatever, their subplots and stuff. Like we'll get there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Uh, so since I did 
like you did Hawkeyes. I did two characters. I'm going to say you're doing, you do another one and then I'll do my last one and you do your last one. Okay, so I'll keep this one short because this is a character that I'm exploring at the moment is Daredevil. Uh, everybody knows Daredevil. You know his story. You know what he's about. I've always known what he's about, but I am only in the last year or so heavily invested in Daredevil. Uh, you know, I've been obsessed with him for the last, like, I literally think, like, two years. But That's a decent he's a sad time. He's a sad boy. I've literally anything, all of his comics I've been hoarding and collecting and I've been tracking down Funko toys. Most of them are sold out and that Netflix Daredevil series was so good and it's loosely based off of the Frank Miller run of Daredevil. Um, But there's something about a character that's got such a deep religious tie, you know, because Matt Murdock is Catholic. He's a practicing Catholic. Um... So everything he's doing as Daredevil is completely 180 from his religion. But he's trying to see it as himself doing God's will. So it becomes a little bit deeper for him to where it messes with his psyche a whole lot in the comics, that Netflix series, any movie iterations of him. Like, it kind of destroys him the longer he is Daredevil to the point that he starts to lose his identity as a lawyer... And ends up disbarred. He's gone to prison a few times for it. Um, he works in tangent with a lot of other heroes to the point that they're kind of scared of him. Yeah, yeah like he does. they're scared of him because they know if he just loses control, then that's it. And one of my favorite, one of my other favorite characters who didn't even get an honorable mention—that's how hard this was for me. Uh, in the Netflix Daredevil series, was the Punisher, and he. He's fighting with Daredevil because Daredevil's trying to stop him from killing people because that's the only thing that he won't do is kill somebody because his religion won't allow it. And the Punisher says right. to him, you know, you're one bad day away from being me. So it, I liked that, that there was this character that just wants to do so much good in the world. But he, the way he's going about it is so brutal and so ruthless. Like, they call him the man without fear because nothing can stop him. You know, he... He can't see, and he can see it to an extent, you know, with his radar senses and stuff. But he can't see things, so he has nothing to be afraid of. You know, and he's so trained yeah. and so strong and strong-willed, and his faith is so strong that nothing can very rarely shake him. And when you do see Matt, Mur- Matt Murdock break down, it's dramatic and it's trauma. And I'm, I don't know, I guess I'm just really into sad boys. I was about to say, hmm, hmm, I'm picking up a theme here, hmm, hmm. yeah, hmm. some very sad, disastrous, traumatic Right? I'm like, hmm, I don't want to unpack all that today, but, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, there's something about him since he has to struggle with that, he has a literal angel and a devil on his shoulders. He struggles with that a lot, and I don't know, I kind of like that, I kind of like that at any moment he could just give up and he's the he's the bad guy now he calls himself the devil like he literally chooses to call himself the one thing that catholics don't like so (laughs) it's true oh my god i'm like i'm like interesting choice and then on top of that he's like a criminal defense lawyer so fighting as he's committing crimes right like fighting justice in the day in a courtroom and then at night he just goes out and punches people and breaks all kind of laws and stuff so 
I don't know. He's a fascinating character, and I've been loving getting to read um, Chip Zdarsky's Daredevil run right now. They actually just won a couple awards for it, for the writing on it. And they were nominated for a ton of other things uh, this year. So I'm still in the middle of reading that, but it's great if anybody likes Daredevil at all, or they want to get into it. It, at some point, brings Elektra into it. Uh, Spider-Man pops in and out of it. Yeah, so Elektra's back. Uh don't know too much about Electra, so I think when I finish up with this run, that's the next thing I'm going to kind of jump into, because that's an interesting character, too. Electra is very interesting. So, hit me with your last one. So, my whole start into the superhero world was with Teen Titans. The original show on Cartoon Network, not Teen Titans Go, but the original Teen Titans with the Puffy Amiyumi theme song that I had memorized in English and Japanese (laughs) because I was so obsessed. Um, (laughs) I love that show. Like I said, you know, in my honorable mentions, I had Starfire and Raven too, because I love them. I love their dynamic. I love their opposing like what they are. But Tara in that series was what really caught me. She was... The whole time she was pretending to be a good guy, but she was actually, you know, working for Slade, which is just Deathstroke. I don't know why they called him Slade. I really don't. I was like, <laughs> I, I was like, why not just call him Deathstroke? Okay, know. that's fine. Um, but working for Slade secretly to infiltrate the Teen Titans and to get closer, you know, to what they were doing. But like, she deep down, she wanted to be a hero. Like, she wanted to do good. Like, you could tell she felt better when she would save people and do good things. And, like, even her little romance with Beast Boy, like, not really believing she was allowed to have those things. And then, like, have someone genuinely like her for her and everything. But then to have, like, Beast Boy be like, nah, like, you're you're cool as hell. Like, I, I really like you. You know, just watching that all go down was really nice. Um... <laughs> I, I I love Terran Beast Boy. Uh, sorry to all the Beast Boy Raven fans. I I love that. Uh, I was gonna say, isn't listen, that like what the end game I was? Also enjoy Beast Boy and Raven, but I I more like Raven and Robin from the animated and the comic books because it's Damien and Raven that end up together. So. I, I like their dynamic yeah. because, you know, Damien's all dark, but Raven is just like, I don't give a shit. I'm going to put you in your place. <laughs> that's like, <laughs> yeah, I'm literal She's darkness like, I'm and I literal won't darkness. stop you. And that's what he needs, honestly. If any of you have ever seen any of the animated things with Damien, God, he's a little shit and he needs to be stomped. Like, so thank God he ends <laughs> up with Raven because she's the one that can do that. So that's why, that's our thing, a reason why, like, I'm, I'm cool with Terra and Beast Boy, and even in the animated series, uh, the DC AU. The only thing I didn't like, like I love when they brought Terra in, and they did kind of the whole same story. Like she was with the Teen Titans, but she was trying not to get close to them because she was on a secret mission for Deathstroke and all that stuff. And then Beast Boy and her were kind of getting together, and you know, getting closer romantically, but. The thing I didn't like is that I think she's like 13. That's weird. <laughs> she's like 13 or 14 or fi- 
she yeah she's but she's okay she's either she's like between 13 and 16 either way she's a minor and she's like trying to get with slade or sorry deathstroke in the animated universe and i was not down with that like those scenes were very uncomfortable she literally like comes into his office in lingerie and makeup and is like trying to sit in his lap and he's just like we'll be together soon don't worry after this mission and in my head i'm like oh my god what what is happening yeah because aren't the, the teen titans are supposed to be like actual like not like children but they're, like they're basically. teenagers like they're still teenage and like Destro yeah. is like a grandpa <laughs> He's old. So like the whole time that's happening, I'm just like, I'm dying. I'm dying. I'm dying. I'm dying. I'm dying. Please just go back to Beast Boy. Please stop thinking that this old man is meant for you because he's not. And he's disgusting. Oh, like it just it made I will say this. It made Deathstroke much more of a villain because that's disgusting. Like it made me hate him. So it the villainous part definitely worked i just felt so bad that like tara felt like she had to do that like especially as like a minor i was like oh my god like that's how manipulated you are right now jesus i hate this uh (laughs) so i love tara that's that's why like that's my gripe i really i don't think they had to put that in there personally like i think she could have been seeking validation in different ways from him but they had they just had to do that and make me feel uncomfortable but here we are c- crying 10 hours later um but the the cartoon network one is my favorite for sure uh it's gonna be a classic for me for always i named my first dog after tara i oh, listen <laughs> <laughs> i love the character so much i was like i named my dog tara like and everyone would be like what's that from and i'm like the teen titans duh like <laughs> uh god i was such a such a nerd i still am never mind there's no such thing i was gonna say like you still are you may be worse than me yeah (laughs) i am i'm horrible um okay that's my whole rant about tara i love her i wish they didn't end teen titans on cartoon network the way they did with her just all of a sudden being in a school uniform and beast boy being like tara and her being like who are you and then and no more teen titans i was like oh Hey. Right? Like, didn't that show like get canceled? Abruptly? Yes, it did. And man, oh my. Okay, because I never finished it, it. It you just sit there and you're like, wow, wish I knew what happened next. <laughs> <laughs> but uh you don't get anything. You don't. You just don't. I know you haven't watched it yet, the Titans on uh HBO, but they definitely You can see that they pull a little bit of inspiration from the animated series with the whole like Beast Boy raven thing because like beast boy and raven i think are the only two on the team that are actual teenagers still in that series uh yeah that's the only thing i'm finding weird about that series but we'll get to that we'll get yeah to we'll that. get in we'll we'll dive into titans at some point here shortly real but, soon real soon yeah the that is kind of weird that they that they play it that way you know, and like I didn't finish uh teen titans before it went off air and then was replaced with whatever that obnoxious big-headed cartoon thing is that they've got now uh yeah we don't even need to mention that that's not canon no i don't like it but i definitely loved the teen titans and i think i honestly only loved it because robin was in it and as a kid i was a huge batman fan um as an adult i'm tired of batman so (laughs) yeah 
He's got a lot going on. Okay, so tell me about uh Mr. Peter Parker. What's 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 got what's got you on this sad boy? What makes you like this one? I mean, he's the ultimate sad boy. He he really is. And he's the literal like his parents are dead. His girlfriend, all of them are dead. All of his friends, they die. His best, one of his best friends, uh, Ned Leeds, becomes Hobgoblin and tries to kill him. Uh, which I think is where they're going in this movie, which will be cool. His other best friend, Harry Osborn, his dad is the Green Goblin and tries to kill him. Like, Harry becomes another Green Goblin and tries to kill him. His uncle dies. He doesn't have a good streak with friends. <laughs> his, his, uh, his aunt, Aunt May, almost dies, and to prevent that, he makes a deal with Mephisto to save her life, you know, in exchange for giving up his marriage to Mary Jane. So, the entire world forgets he's Spider-Man, she forgets he's Peter Parker, like, doesn't even remember his ass, and then he sold his soul to the devil for it. So, he's the ultimate sad boy, who's also the ultimate broke boy. So, <laughs> I love that. God, he is. He had way more going on than I even knew oh, yeah, about. like, and he is one of the first Marvel comic book characters. So, there's a reason why he is also the most popular superhero in the world. You know, and as I'm looking around my bedroom, I can see 15 things that have Spider-Man on them just sitting here. Hell yeah! So, big Spider-Man fan, um... I wasn't, like, a collector of Spider-Man stuff until my kid came along and just one day was like, I love Spider-Man. But I chose particularly Peter Parker because of all the stuff he goes through, you know? And he does become a superhero like he always wants to be, but it's Peter Parker that has to live with these choices, and it's Peter Parker who has to decide what to do next. And, I mean, he's so good that Mephisto doesn't even want his soul. When he offers to sell his soul in exchange for May getting to live, the devil tells him no, like you would sell your soul for any person. Not even just family or a loved one, like you would sell your soul to save a stranger off the street. That's how pure Peter Parker is. So he does the only other thing that Mephisto knows will break him, which is give up the love of his life. And Peter gets to remember that, that his marriage existed. I mean, he's bullied. Everybody dies. He gets beat up on in his job. And then his literal job is to take pictures of himself as Spider-Man just to get shit on all day long by his boss. And called a menace. Called the worst. But then anytime you encounter another superhero from Captain America to Cable to the Fantastic Four, even Kraven the Hunter and the villains, you know, they're always saying Spider-Man is the best of us. And Spider-Man wouldn't be who he is without Peter Parker. Because we've seen that too, where Doc Ock takes over his body, where Kraven takes over as Spider-Man, you know. And they just can't do it like he did. Peter no. Parker has real-life struggles. No. Yeah, and I think that's what brings a lot of people back to Spider-Man and to relate to him so much, is that he does have stuff going on outside of the superhero world. Like, yeah, he becomes an Avenger, and he works with the X-Men a little bit. But for the most part, he's on his own, and he's got to look out for himself. He can't, you know, he tried to trust people, and he kind of gets screwed over a whole lot. But he is not just the mask. He does get screwed over a lot. 
Like, wow. Yeah, just a whole lot. And he, these villains that he's fighting are scary, you know, like, and he's a teenager for the majority of it. So I don't, that was always really cool to me that, that Peter Parker and Spider-Man almost feel like two separate people. Because Spider-Man is this confident hero who's making jokes and saving the day and doing all these things. And Peter Parker is just this nerdy little kid who gets beat up at school and comes home and his parents are gone and everybody he loves dies. So it's just interesting. I won't go too deep into Spider-Man because there's, what, like 80 years, 60 years? Uh, Today's actually Spider-Man Day. It's National Spider-Man Day. Is it really? Yes, it is. Uh, because tomorrow is 59 years Spider-Man. To be clear, when we're recording this, it is National Spider-Man Day. Yes. Not when On you are hearing this. August 1st. Yes, August 1st August starts 1st. National Spider-Man Week. Because it is the 59th year of Spider-Man as a character. Uh, uh, imagine next year. Yeah. So Marvel has already come out and said, like, next year when it's 60, they're planning a bunch of stuff for Spider-Man. Assuming the world is still turning next year. I don't know. But it'll be really cool. And who knows, we may get a trailer for No Way Home this week because of that. But I kind of think it would be better if they just never gave us a trailer at all. Just released the movie already. Yeah, they just put the movie in theaters in December and they're like, you know what it is. I hope they just do that. That'd be fun. You taught me some things about Peter Parker that I didn't even know. Who's your favorite movie, Spider-Man? Um... Oh, I'm going to get a lot of hate for this because every for some reason everyone's shitting on it right now. I'm going to say Tom Holland, the current Spider-Man. Yeah, the All current right. Spider-Man is my favorite. Wait, why is everyone hating uh, you on know, that? It's, I think it has a lot to do with like the rumor of the three coming back for it. And they're like, Toby's the real Spider-Man. And I'm like, yes, he kickstarted a whole genre of movies with that first Spider-Man movie. But when you really think about it, it was just clunky and awkward. And he had the awkwardness. Of Peter Parker down, but there was just something about him in those movies, and I know a lot of it was the studio fucking with Sam Raimi and not letting him do what he wanted. But have nostalgia for Tobey Maguire. I appreciate it, but he's not my favorite. I feel like we get a true Peter Parker is trying to do his absolute best with the current version because he's still a kid, you know. And not only is he still a kid, everybody he loved has died yeah agreed yeah i he like just i know in the comics spider-man and peter parker and iron man tony stark they don't mesh as much as they do in the mcu like they do work together sometimes but they're not on that level like they are in the mcu but i understand why they had to bring that in you know for the movies to continuity to make everything click together they had to kind of give peter a mentor and then they had to take it away from him and it hurts because, like, this kid is, like, 16 years yeah. old and now he's he's going to have a life of PTSD because he fought in an alien war against aliens and then who he looked at, some type of parental figure was killed. So, I don't know. I'm all about the sad boy. You are. You're all about the sad boy and I'm all about the characters that start as villains and then become heroes. Yep, I'm sensing a theme with us and I don't think it's a good thing. Nope. We, def- <laughs> we definitely don't pick up the, we definitely don't pick the straight up heroes. We uh we picked the questionable, questionable ones. Right. To be fair, Captain America was in my horrible mention. That's true. So and yeah, that's you know. All right, and I'll say Nightcrawler was in was in yours and mine. And yeah, he's he like is, he's a good boy. He's a pure boy. 
he's pure all right yep. and he's religious too and he's so wise and i love him i just have a thing for like a character that goes through like the tortured soul arc of their story and they have to find a way to overcome like the lowest low i just love that nightcrawler is like this demonic looking dude and then he's like oh yes but i'm actually <laughs> very religious and like he's so nice let me tell and you stuff. about the lord <laughs> wait but he doesn't he doesn't like push it on people he's just he genuinely just wants to help and like that's how he was helped uh I love him. I don't want to get too deep into Nightcrawler either because I'll rant. I know. We're going to do... I think we're going to do like a full X-Men episode at some point. Um, <clears throat> it may end up being like a, a mini series within a series though. Yeah. It'll have to be a series. Yeah. To kind of to kind of like separate off some things. We have a couple, couple annoying characters that we don't... We're sick of. Sick of these characters. Yeah. So here's what I'm going to do. Here's my annoying characters. I'm not going to rant about them. I'm merely going to just say, annoying-wise, Toad, and I'll say this. Comic book-wise, not as annoying. In the shows, when he talks, please <laughs> shut up. Please, for the love of God, stop licking your lips. I, the sound, I can't stop. Please. Emma Frost, that's my other one that I have listed as annoying. She is top annoying for me. In fact, she's my, <laughs> no, like, I hate her. I hate her. I hate Emma Frost. I'm sorry to all the Emma Frost lovers out there, but I hate Emma Frost. I think she was, I think she was written to be hated. Like, I think that's what she was meant to be. I know some people sympathize with her, but I don't get it because all she ever does is bad things. I, I mean, and, and manipulative things constantly. <laughs> Bad things happen uh, when you just continuously do bad things, so... Yeah, for real. Like, every time, like, life shits on her, I'm like, well, if you hadn't done this, then this wouldn't have happened. Like, it's not that hard. Like, oh no, Cyclops is not with you again because... Get over it. Like, <laughs> come to understand that you are not the love of his life. I'm sorry, but you're not. You are a second choice. You always have been. And I know that sucks. Stop being manipulative. Stop. Stop. Just stop. I don't right. like her. Yeah, she's a very annoying character. It. She's so annoying. Uh, annoying. I agree with that. I fully agree with that. I, I agree with Toad, too. Yeah. Oh, my. It, like I said, comic book Toad, fine, because I can't hear him. Show Toad? Can't do it. Yeah, I don't I don't know why they can't do his character at all. Like, they, they, and they pull him for a lot of stuff, too. Yeah, they do. Absolutely. Because I think he's been at some version in all of the X-Men movies. You know, and it's very obnoxious. Yes. What about you? What do you not like? Let's see. So my characters were not as like in depth as your characters. Um, my most annoying characters. One of them we're gonna start off with right away was Howard the Duck. Oh my god. Because a couple months ago, my boyfriend made me watch the Howard the Duck movie from the eighties, and uh, I'm they sorry. show you things in that movie that you should never see a duck do. I'm so sorry. And you should never see a person, a human woman, do things like that with a duck from space. Uh, you know, So I am seeing this picture of Howard the Duck you like in that? pajamas. Yeah. And then uh -huh. the girl. Marty McFly's mom. Yeah. Marty, Marty, yeah. In <laughs> like lingerie next to him. And I'm just like, I don't, I don't like this. Oh, yeah, we, I turned it off after that. I was like, and I'm done with Howard the Duck. I would like to never, ever see anything with him ever again. 
Who else? Who else did you have as annoying? Uh, so I have Batroc the Leaper, which is another okay. Spider-Man villain. Spider-Man's got the best villains, honestly. He's got the, the most wacky and some of the strangers, and Batroc just is a thief in a purple jumpsuit with a ridiculous mustache, and I can't believe the MCU picked him as one of their Captain America people <laughs> for those movies. Well, you know, sometimes <laughs> you pick Witter, sometimes you pick, you know, Batrock the Leaper. So, but like, I'm, here we are. I'm happy that they at least, like, took away the, the big old mustache from him and just made him, like, a crazy thief guy that could do flips. So, I'm fine with never seeing him again either. Yeah, he, we're good. We got enough. Uh, my last annoying character is Dakin, Wolverine's son. All right, all right. Give me, give me, like, a little explanation. So, Dakin is also a sad boy, but he's not the good kind of oh. sad boy. It's just the sad boy oh. that is mad that his dad is a superhero. And uh, so Wolverine got a girl pregnant when he was in Japan. He loves going to Japan, man. He loves his his Japan. He loves going over there. It's his favorite place, I guess, aside from Canada or whatever. He Dakin's an anti-hero, so he's mostly bad all the time, but occasionally will help save the world with, like, X-23 and stuff, which I love X-23. We'll do that later. But I am so sick of Dakin, I don't care. He just whines too much, and he's always trying to kill his dad. His dad's killing him, and they're killing each other. And it's just stupid and annoying, and he's stupid and annoying. Yeah, Dakin, what the hell? He's just annoying. He's got all the same abilities as Wolverine, so, like, he can heal really quick. He's got the claws. Um, and he can do all the fighting and stuff, but he just mostly works with villains and is kind of an asshole. So... I don't know. I don't want to see him anymore. I'm kind of scared that they're going to bring him into the MCU at some point because, you know, Hugh Jackman is Wolverine at this point. So good luck recasting. Yeah, honestly, good luck. It's just a good yeah, luck. It's obnoxious. Luck. Now I'm like, please don't bring Dakin in. Please don't <laughs> bring him in. Just give us give us some more of Laura. I liked X-23. Um, I can't remember the name of the girl who played her in the Logan movie. But she's older now. She's like a legitimate teenager. Just give us her. It's X-23 again. Bring her back as Laura and forget about Dakin. Let's just never go there. Let's leave Dakin in the dark. Right. Dark Dakin. Dark Dakin. Let's just leave him there. <laughs> Bye. So, what, so I think the last thing we have to talk about is our favorite storylines. Yes. Tell me. Tell me. Yeah. Tell me your favorite uh, storylines you love. Okay. My like. It's, it's a toss up between two of them one of them is the storyline where deadpool kills marvel because that is just so fun like watching him go from character to character between avengers x-men fantastic four like everyone everyone he does not miss a beat and like seeing all the different ways <laughs> he just like straight up mercs everyone is so wild like even in one in one of the because there's two series where he does it because he does it again. It's literally called Deadpool Kills Marvel Universe again. In one of the series, it literally starts out with like <laughs> cops finding Gambit's body, like all fucked up and like cards like shoved in his mouth. So it's just like, oh damn, we we know what we know what we're in for because he like <laughs> it's it's Deadpool gone crazy, you know. So he's killing everyone because he thinks he has to it's just so wild i love it it's so it's such a crazy like 
what if this were to happen? And like when Professor X tries to go into Deadpool's mind and even he is overcome with all the shit in Deadpool's mind that it like kills him. Oh my God. <laughs> it's, it's so wacky. It's so crazy. It's off the wall. I love it. And then I do. I do love a good Deadpool. Yeah. Love a good Deadpool moment. Um, my other favorite one is where Rogue and Gambit get pinned on a mission together. Cause like at the time they're not, dating and rogue like really just doesn't want to like see him um this is also after rogue (laughs) had been with the avengers for a while too and fun fact captain america asked rogue if gambit should be an avenger and rogue who is like gambit's best friend like even when they're not dating they still call each other best friends like rogue straight up said we can't trust him and he found out he found out she said that. So there was <laughs> some tension between these two in the beginning of that. So they get pinned on a mission together and basically have to go to this island and do like couples there. Like they're under like the guise of doing couples therapy on this island. They have to actually participate in it because of, you know, being in disguise. But stuff is happening on the island. They have to figure out what's actually happening. But it still forces them to go to therapy, which is fun to see because they just lay it like all the years of their on and off. They just lay it all out. Like, well, you you, you were married. Yeah, well, you made out with Deadpool. And oh my god, <laughs> <laughs> like, oh my god, it's so good. Oh, it's so good. So all just all of the therapy stuff that they go through is awesome. Uh, and then it ultimately leading to them being married in X-Men Goal 30. Oh my god. I love that. I love how I love how spur of the moment Gambit proposed because that's very Gambit. Like I think it was Nightcrawler talking about like you just feel like you can't be without the person another day, all this stuff, and Gambit kind of just like mumbles to himself those words and he gets up and proposes to rogue and i was just like that is so fitting it's so fitting (laughs) for these two to like on the spur of a moment just be like let's get married and i was so happy about it i was so giddy i have i have the because technically it was supposed to be colossus and kitty that got married but they called off their wedding so everyone was gathered already and so gambit took the opportunity and was like well we're getting married and so, oh my god <laughs> yeah yeah no joke that's what happened and like kitty and colossus were cool with it they were like well yeah let's not let all the stuff go to waste like we might as well like have somebody get married so they were totally cool with it so there's what a weird pairing yeah yeah that <laughs> that pairing started out very weird when he was like 21 and she was 14 so it, oh. yeah that was one one of those other back in the day things that Eventually, when they learned better, they broke them off and waited for them to be adults. Thank God. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so the original art for that comic book is Kitty and Colossus in a tux and a wedding dress. But I have the alternate art, which is Gambit and Rogue in a tux and a wedding dress. And they both look so good. <laughs> That's how- do you think that Marvel is going to keep them married or are they going to go through some bullshit? I, okay, I really hope they say married. You know what I mean? Like, I really hope they don't not... Yeah, I would hate for them to get divorced. I would hate it. Because um, I I just... I just don't want to see that for them. But, like, they're already going through some shit with each other. Like, literally, I was reading 
uh, one of the more, I'll say this, definitely spoilers, because this is a more, this is a newer series um, that I'm reading, Excalibur. It's the newer Excalibur series. And at one point, Gambit is lying to Rogue in the series. And I'm just like, why are you lying to your wife? Like, that's your wife. Right? Like, what what you lying about now? What is the point? And like, what he's lying about? I'm like, is it even worth it to lie about? Like, he eventually comes clean and is like, this is why I wasn't saying what I was supposed to be saying. I was trying to keep it from you for this reason. But I was just like, dude, that is your partner. Like, why don't you have some faith? Right? Like, mm. so they still go through shit. Like, they absolutely do. They're still imperfect people that are just figuring it out. Yeah, that's fun. I'll have to read that at some point because I haven't really read anything with those two characters in it in a long time. Yeah, it's really it's really good. I would suggest reading their little mini like series of Rogue and Gambit, um, and then Mister and Mrs. X. That's really good. Where they're, like it's right after they get married and they're on their honeymoon, and Deadpool shows up. It's really fun because you know Rogue and Deadpool had a thing, so it's fun when Deadpool shows up to their honeymoon. <laughs> <laughs> like seeing Gambit and Deadpool interact is so great because they've actually I love Deadpool yeah and Gambit and Deadpool have interacted before they've done like uh, thieving missions together to get money so they actually I think it was they dressed up as I want to say it was Spider-Man and Daredevil and they went through the city <laughs> doing a bunch of shit impersonating them and then, like, you think it's Daredevil and Spider-Man, and you're like, why are they fighting? Like, why are they doing this? And then you find out it was just Gambit and Deadpool posing as them <laughs> so they wouldn't get in trouble, and so they would get Daredevil and Spider-Man in trouble. <laughs> I love that. The, like, Daredevil is obsessed with Spider-Man, and that's that's also a really fun line that they, they pull all the time. Whenever, whenever Deadpool is available and around, he likes to go harass our... Our sweet Peter Parker. Yeah. So that was that was fun. I love that. So what about what about you? What are some of your favorite storylines that have drawn you in to the comic book world? Oh God. Hmm. Well, let's see. It's definitely I'm not gonna go into these because I've talked about them a couple times already. So I'll just mention these two because they they kind of come as one anyway. But it's the old man Logan and the old man Hawkeye prequel. Like, if anybody has not read these yet, they really do need to. They are long. It's a very long um, little, little series. But so good, and you get to see so many different sides to characters. Uh, they use some characters and pair them up that you don't see very often, which is really, really fun. And there's a lot of twists to it. Um, some weird shit with the Hulk is going on in it, so I've loved that since I read it the first time way back in, I think, like early high school or something. Uh, obviously, Fraction's Hawkeye... You know, that's gonna... I think that's gonna be my favorite comic until I die. Honestly. I finally got Zach to read them. So, he loves them too. But I, As much as I shit on the Uncanny Avengers, I did really love Scarlet Witch's arc in that. Where it's coming fresh straight off of House of M. And, you know, the Avengers are kind of okay with her rejoining them because they're trying to do the whole Unity Squad thing. And the X-Men are a little more weary of her. Because of all the shit that she pulled. The point that Rogue is like, I'll kill you. And Wanda's like, I mean, I deserve that, but you also slept with my dad. And it's like a whole... Oh, God. Yeah, like a whole thing. And then they do end up killing each other. It's like a whole fucking bloody nightmare. But 
than the Red Skull in that story. Like, this is a particular story that I don't really care for, and it kind of doesn't ever really go anywhere. But the Red Skull, Professor Xavier dies. Um, and that's where this series starts out with, is at his funeral, because, spoilers, uh, Cyclops killed Professor X. And uh, the Red Skull takes his body and cuts his brain out and puts it in his own brain so that he is now telepathic and he controls all of the humans on Earth to attack all of the mutants, kill them. And uh, In case you were wondering how brain surgery worked, that's exactly how it works, everybody. Yeah, you know, he probably saw it on House or something and just, you know, popped that brain into his brain and was like one super brain. That's basically what he did. If I took... If I took Leah's brain and put it in my head, my hair would turn green. That's how it works. That's how it works. Science. Yeah. I heard it here. Anatomy of science. Yeah, that's science. Facts. But Facts. The one that I just read today that was kind of traumatizing was Craven's Last Hunt. Um, I don't know if you've ever heard of that. Um, came out in the late 80s, I think. Uh, and they, it is not in print anymore, so you cannot find it anywhere unless you are able to track down a very expensive piece of the series that they did. It was a six-piece miniseries that they ran throughout, I think, three different Spider-Man arcs. Uh, issues a piece from each other. But I ended up actually having to subscribe to Marvel Unlimited to read it because I couldn't find it anywhere to physically own it. So I had to read it online today. And spoilers for this story. At... You know, Craven is obsessed with hunting things. Uh, he wants to be the best hunter in the world, and the only thing he cannot hunt and kill is the Spider-Man. Um, so he finds a way to do it. He drugs him, and he buries him alive. Straight up drugs his ass, puts him in a coffin, drops him into a hole in the earth with a tombstone that says, Here lies Spider-Man slain by Craven the hunter. And he doesn't kill Spider-Man, but he leaves him in the earth for two weeks. Spiders crawling all over him and shit. And I sent you that picture of it the other day. Oh my god! <laughs> um, that panel of Craven just like eating all of the spiders because at some point he they show a little flashback of Craven's family and his mother was committed to a mental institution and it was unclear if she was like bipolar or had um, DID, uh, dissociative identity disorder, but. He is like, he just keeps saying, my mother is insane. My mother was insane throughout the whole thing. And then he's, he's like eating these fucking spiders. And he's like, I have to become the spider. I have to become the spider to be the spider. I have to kill the spider to be the spider. And I am the spider. And he's like eating fistfuls of spiders. And I'm sitting here like, what the hell am I reading right now? He does all that. And he like frames Spider-Man for a bunch of shit because he wears a costume. And he goes around and he like kills somebody as Spider-Man. And then Peter Parker, like, claws his way up out of the earth, out of this grave. And he's like, what the fuck is going on? How long have I been in the earth? Like, I was buried alive. And heavy spoiler right now, it ends with Craven shooting himself in the head. Like, like, a blood panel and everything. Like, he writes a note saying that, like, it was him. He did it all. He finally understood the Spider-Man. Because he finally, he tried to put an enemy against Spider-Man, and instead of killing this person like Craven thought he would, Spider-Man wanted to help him, and was like, let me get you some help, I Jesus. know a guy who can reverse this condition. And he was like, are you serious right now? Like, this dude's killing and eating people and you're gonna, like, spare his life? And he was like, yes, it's out of his control, I'm going to save him. 
So Craven is like, I understand now. You're not just the spider. You're the man who controls the spider. And so he lets Spider-Man go, and he fucking kills himself. He's like, I swear this will be my last hunt. And he just shoots himself in the face. And that's how it ends. It just... Spider-Man's out in the world, and he drops off the villain that he saved with the police. And he's like, I'm going to make a phone call, and I'm going to get you help. I'll be right back. And the police are like, it's amazing that he still wants to do something good for somebody and save somebody after all that Craven put him through. And Peter doesn't even know at this point that Craven has killed himself. Jesus. So it was a whole... That's really heavy. It was a heavy issue. That's why I was like sitting on my couch traumatized and was like, oh, shit, I have to eat dinner. <laughs> That is heavy. Dang. <laughs> Catch me having nightmares tonight about it's like, him shooting himself while Spider-Man is just, uh, oh my god. Why is Spider-Man always so in the sad? Earth. Why is everything revolved around him <laughs> so sad? I want Rogan Gambit to stay away from Spider-Man. You know, he's just so sad. And it's, Everyone I loved I it loved because it was stay finally like Craven understood that like, Spider-Man is not just this beast that you have to hunt down and kill. Like, he is the hero because Peter is the hero who just so happens to be wearing a mask. And at the end of the day, he's just like, well, that's overwhelming. I guess I'll just die. So. <laughs> you know, so. Good, like. Oh it was good. Um, good but definitely Lord. be ready if anyone ever picks that up. Yeah. Some of the comics, you definitely have to be ready <laughs> for some intense stuff because they're comics and so they don't oh, hold back. No, I read this. This is a spoiler too because this is a new series that's out. It's called Heroes Were Born. Um, I've talked about this slightly before too about what if the Avengers never existed and it's this other group of heroes that come in and uh, Peter never gets bit by the spider so he's just a regular guy and at the end of it, he fucking kills himself and uh, he jumps off a building to save the world because he is now infected with an alien disease that if he does not die before it mutates him, he will infect other people and they will die. So he just fucking kills himself. And when he does it, like, the last panel is like, oh, I understand now what I'm supposed to do. It's save lives. And he just fucking dies on the ground. And I was like, oh my god. Jeez. I can't. I can't. God. Well, save me from reading that one. I'm good. I'm fine. So yeah. enough like, I don't even it. want to read the rest of the series. I haven't even picked up the other issues for that because I'm like, yeah, I'm okay now. <laughs> Goodness. Oh my god. So so let me ask you a parting question that you may not be able to answer because I don't okay. even know if I can. Uh, well, let's see. Our heroes that we've chosen tonight, one kind of anti-hero, I suppose, are almost all Marvel. But you had a little more DC. So are you a DC person or are you a Marvel person? Or are you just kind of neutral? I'm I am, I will say I'm more, I like to think of myself as neutral, but if I really had to choose, it would probably be Marvel, and it's only because the X-Men, because the X-Men are my heart. Like, I love the X-Men, I love everything about the X-Men, except Emma Frost, <laughs> go sit in a corner and be by yourself <laughs> right now. Um, but, so that's, that's what pushes me to a little more to Marvel, just because the X-Men. But, like, Teen Titans also hold a really dear place in my heart. But it's just, there's more X-Men characters I love than there are Teen Titans characters I love. So that's why Marvel just has a slight push more. But I still love DC, too. Yeah, yeah. What, so what about you? What about, I'm going to put you on the spot with that hard-ass question. <laughs> I mean, I feel like we don't have to, we don't have to think about it too much with me. Like, I found my home in Marvel. Uh, I started out Batman, 
Batman kid, you know. Um, I really should have included the Joker in my list of annoying characters that I don't want to see anymore. But I kind of didn't want to go on a rant on him. So I'm definitely Marvel. Like, I love the Batman villains. I love DC's villains. Like, they're, they can create a really good villain. DC can. Um, where Marvel sometimes has struggles with that. Uh, comic book and movie-wise. Like, Marvel just... They, they struggle with your villains. They want you to love them at the end of the day. So they very rarely have a villain that is just villain and is gross, you know. But DC does. And I don't know. Like, I'm holding out hope that DC's going to get their shit together eventually. And give us some, some content that I'm thrilled about again. Because I really love the Nightwing thing. Uh, the Red Hood stuff is kind of fun. It's a, it's a little sad boy. Like, it's kind of fun. So... Marvel, yeah. We're gonna get into some other stuff eventually. Yeah, like, we're not great. just a Marvel. We're not just talking oh. Marvel. All the time. No, in fact, the next nope. episode is not gonna be Marvel at all. You'll just have to wait and see, but it is not It'll be, it'll be, be a fun change of pace to step out of my own comfort zone. Well, thank you guys for joining us. I realized we did not take a break at all during this episode, but it's also late at night, so we just weren't thinking. We just... We're just Yep, we just wanted to get through we're it. We were just going. We were just making our way through, walking fast. Space is past, and we were fucking homebound. Did I ever tell you that, like, when I was, I don't know, like, eight, I almost drowned in a wave pool to that song? Wow, I'm sorry to bring up such a traumatic story for you. <laughs> God dang. Well, that's what we're going to leave you all with. <laughs> Leah dying to da 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 Okay. <clears throat> Hello, you've entered into the. <laughs> as soon as I do it. Did you sneeze? <laughs> <laughs> I heard it. I, I almost did. I'm dead. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>